listening to the quarter to three movie podcast for. Wait for it. Hold on. Gangster Squad. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, my name is Tom Chick. I am here this week with Christian Malarkey. It's Malarkey Land. Mm, no, that that part fell off your name a long time ago, dingus. <laughs> and with a new tagline from Kelly Wand. Kelly Wand. Uh, more like Wankster Flawed. Ah, ah that's Kelly, <laughs> Kelly blurted stupidly onto the internet. Is that part of it? <laughs> I was doing something complicated. Uh, let's see. So, um, Tom, wait, wait. Don't yes. you have money to collect from me? Oh, I, 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 uh, Kelly, want if you were giving refunds for last week's podcast in which you announced that the best movie you saw of 2012 was Silver Linings Playbook, I would like a refund. Okay, I'm not giving refunds. That's. I was hoping to collect on that. Uh, I, Kelly, want should we do a Silver Linings Playbook podcast? Yeah, especially now that I know that you hate it, I totally want to. Oh no, I don't hate it. I think it's a very good romantic comedy. I, I heartily recommend it to people. It's full of uh, love and life and laughs and exactly the kind of things that, that Kelly Wand hates in his movies. Well, maybe that's what it is. It's like I don't. It's it's like uh, I don't read locked room mysteries. So then when I do read one, eventually I'm all oh, like it's more exotic to me. So maybe that's how romantic comedies are too. Kelly Wand, I will just say that whatever moral high ground you might have been standing on when you were griefing me and Dingus about Pitch Perfect, you have tumbled from it precipitously. Now, yes. <laughs> I'll take Jennifer Lawrence's can in that movie over uh, whatever Anna Kendrick gives. Over Anna Kendrick's cup? I don't think you will. Her cup? That's all he would get? He has a cup in that movie? This one, I, never mind. We'll get okay. into this, because Gangster Squad relates to this matter. Well, let's... Uh, okay, so, so Dingus, what movie did we... What did we do this week, Dingus? Well, this week we saw Gangster Squad. Can you, come on, a, Dingus, give it a little more enthusiasm. Yeah, really, Dingus. I tried. Did you see what I did, Dingus? See if you can do something like that. What did we see Sell this week, it. Dingus? Sell it. What is that, that, that song I played at the beginning? What does it say? I feel myself dying? Uh, was it, yeah, I couldn't really tell the specific lyrics. Uh, did they really I say it? But the, I got, I, the, the trailer, the, that trailer music was freaking great, and I got a lot out of that. So, Dingus, you're really into right, so this week. You're really into Jay Z then, because that was a Jay Z song. I'm, I'm a big Jay's. I, we call him. Oh, that's who was the black dude in Gangster Squad. I thought he looked familiar. Ah, Kelly Wan. Too soon. <laughs> All right, so Dingus, what did we see this week? And and give it some oomph. Help us, help us. Get, let's have some energy, Dingus. All right. Well, this week we saw Sucker Punch. <laughs> Now, if you can manage that, he's right. It's like it's like a guy version of Sucker Punch. Including- Sucker Punch is a guy version of Sucker Punch is a pretty guy version of whatever it was already. I thought. <laughs> what? <laughs> well, yeah, but that, that makes it sound like Sucker Punch is a movie made for girls. That's for, what from the female perspective. Um, all right, so Dingus, one more take. Let's see if we can get it on the third take. Here we go. Take three. Dingus, what do we see this week? This week we saw Gangster Squad. See? Yeah, we saw Gangster Squad. Yeah. <laughs> All right, I'll take that. Better? <laughs> I'll take a that. Yeah. 2000, a 2013 crime action drama movie mm. about a loudly secret crew of police officers who yeah. go after a monster in Los <laughs> Angeles. They're super secret. 
about it. <laughs> so secret All the last. way to the end. All the way to the last fist fight. <laughs> it was directed by Ruben Fleischer and written by Will Beal, who is working on Lethal Weapon 5, by the way. Uh, based on the book by Paul Lieberman. It stars Josh Brolin, Ryan Gosling, Emma Stone, and... What? I, I couldn't tell if you were doing like a Kelly Wand growl or if that was like you snoring. Or a zipper. Uh, it could have been either. All right, so Gangster Squad is rated R mm. for strong violence mm-hmm. huh. and language. That's our rated movie. Oh, Kelly Wan, Gangster Squad is R-rated within the first five minutes. I didn't notice. <laughs> I really didn't. Yeah. Uh, all right, we so got, let's see. We got, ra- we got some raping going on, Kelly. Hello. What? I, uh, oh, what? No, I wasn't even thinking of that. I was thinking of people being pulled in half. I was thinking about the Christmas bulb. That, yeah, we don't see it. Yeah, we do. What are you talking about we don't see it? I mean, you just see, like, two silhouettes. It's boring. And there's a red... I can't, I can't remember anything about this movie that is R-rated. I really can't. Yeah. Are you guys kidding? Oh, there's oh, never a sex that. scene in any movie, ever. That's all, most I'll ever see of Emma Stone, is this fucking R-rated movie. Bunch of bullshit. Uh, a- you see a burlesque dancer in pasties. <laughs> That's R-rated. You get, you get more in the actual 20s than you get in this movie. So Gangster Squad uh, opened this weekend at number three. Uh, it took in $16 million. It, it came in uh, behind Zero Dark Thirty, which went wide this weekend and made a, a very uh, respectable $24 million. Um, number two this weekend was a movie that I didn't know what it was. I had to look up what it was. Uh, a Haunted House. <laughs> and not actual house. That's the it's name a scary of a movie. movie, but with a new name, isn't it? See, I didn't know that. It's exactly that, Kelly. I had to look you, that have your, you have your finger on the pulse of, of cinematic parody. Uh, I, did not. I didn't get it from the title, though. I had to go, wait, A Haunted House. Oh, that's the thing. Hey, hold on, hold on. Uh, Zero Dark Thirty was number one this week? Yeah. yeah. Oh, freaking day! Well, it, it's, yeah, I mean, it, it didn't have much competition. I would love to see it, I mean, it's January. Actually. It was up against Gangster Squad, which we're about to talk about for two hours. Let's start there. That's <laughs> <laughs> a point. But still, it made... No, but uh, I, I, just, I love that it was number one for a week. That's awesome. It's doing Oops. very well, and I think that uh, the controversy is serving it well. We talked a little bit about this last week. Uh, I feel the controversy is legitimate. I feel it's, I think we all do. We feel it's worth talking about. I think it's getting great critical buzz. It has this weird cross appeal to both like blue states and red states, if you subscribe to that sort of demographic. Um, I think it, it's been positioned perfectly to do as well as you could hope, given that they, they pushed it past the Christmas rush. Uh, so I think we're going to be hearing and a lot. It's got a little. It's got a little Oscar controversy too. So that's yep. cool. Yep. So good. It's good. Yeah. So. Jesus. But in the meantime, let's talk about the number three movie this weekend. So yeah. Thanks, uh, Critic. Yes, Kelly Wand. Number two was a haunted house. I just wanted to clarify that. Yes. So uh, a, a jokey comedy. I, I, is, it, <laughs> is it a haunted house? Isn't it like a twelve years after Scary Movie, the last Scary Movie? It's that still beat Gangster Squad. Yes, it did. Okay, okay. I just want to make sure. Thank you. Now on Metacritic, which averages the rating from reviews that use ratings, Gangster Squad is at forty out of a hundred. <sighs> On Rotten Tomatoes, which gauges the percentage of reviews that are overall positive, forty-eight. Uh, it is at sixty-seven. Uh, what? 
percent negative reviews. See, I inverted numbers there. Oh, so 66. Well I, even, I even screwed up the math. So it's at 34 percent on Rotten Tomatoes, which means 66 percent of the reviews are negative. So. So it's 101 percent. <laughs> start all over. Gangster Squad has broken so we, math. Yeah, it's not you. It's the movie's dumbness. <laughs> so, well, speaking of dumbness, Kelly Wan, why don't you? Oh yeah. A sort of a blow-by-blow of the events in Gangster Squad. It's based on a book, of course. So maybe right. you could break down what happens in the movie, and we could cull from it some historicity, or, or who knows? What what would you call it if you were to recount the events of Gangster Squad, Kelly Wand? Gangster Squapsis. <laughs> I like the sound of that. Kelly Wand with the Gangster Squapsis rock and roll. Shit I heard A-list actors say during Gangster Squad. The city, I'm a cop. Everybody in L.A.'s got a badge and a Tommy gun. That's why we do it. Plus the money. <clears throat> Jesus Christ, Chewbacca, we're not talking about gangster squads. We're talking enemy occupation. You won World War II. You know what I'm talking about, except that we were occupying them, I guess. And this time your enemy's Jewish. Just remember, you're off the books, whatever that means. Just like in Ghost Protocol. So we're not paying you, and you'll be arrested or shot on sight. And that, you'll have to make your own bullets using pomade and fedora sweat. And that technically you're an anti-gangster squad, so don't team up with Cohen or anything. <laughs> Actually, find out what he's paying and see if he needs a police chief. I can get him dossiers on you guys, dirt cheap. Who's the potato? You like games? Yeah, I like games. Like what? Phantom Menace Monopoly? Hmm. Remember when we were in that Steve Carell movie where he's an even older virgin? Not the way I play it. You trying to make a plausible character out of me? No, ma'am, I just want you to wet my bed. Honey, look at the drawing of this guy from the 1820s on this pulp magazine cover. He could be on your gangster squad. It's a magazine. <laughs> yeah, lay that cable over there and get some new diodes. This one's rubberizer's got a sticky wicket. He seems smart. We should have a smart guy on the squad. Someone who knows how to twist dials we won't miss when he gets killed off. Or that pretzel guy down the street. I don't know. Chief Nolte wanted us to stick to cops, but okay. Folks call me the old-timer. Got the name from my grandpappy when I was knee-high to his platoon. It just sort of stuck. Ain't too sure who this Mexican feller is, and he can't shoot the tar off a bobcat from a room full of rocking chairs, but where I go, he goes. Kids got spunk all over him. I hate spunk. Spare a hack any for a shine, sir. Go on, get out of here, kid, before you get... Blam, blam. Ratatouille. Me buffin' hanky, governor. Who knew I had so much polish in me? Sorry I let you down, sir. Looks like I'll be shining the sandals of sweet Saint Iscariot and just a wee bit of shandy gaff. Just try to lay still, kid. Maybe bleed faster. <coughs> Mom, is that you? I saw Lynn Miz Robert before this movie, by the way, so it's kind of both. Flying down with your umbrella to fetch me glossies before me Newgate knockers goes all chisel pinches. What's this? A bit of darkness at the end of this tunnel of light. So cold. Tell the Dodger. Flip it a chip it. He'll understand. No! You can't kill me. You're a cop. Cops never shoot people. Not anymore, so I do. Blam. You crazy gosling, if you kill him now, I won't die later by the pool. That shoeshine boy, they killed him. They just killed him. Can't we at least call an ambulance? Come on, Gosling, get a hold of yourself. He's dancing with Emma Stone right now. It's Chinatown. Yeah, we did it. Overturned that truck and blew up a couple cars with dudes in them. That'll show Mickey Dolan's that crime don't pay. <laughs> don't 
go. Wait. Don't go. Don't let me. Don't let me let you. Don't let yourself not stop me. Don't unlock the door. Don't let me find my purse with the key in it. Don't open your eyes while you look for the purse. Don't be such a mediocre lover that I feel like leaving. Don't be so filled with Sean Penn's jism every time you come over. It's like fucking one of those Pizza Hut crusts. Fuck you, I'm out of here. Fine, bitch, go. I will. Let me. Let me let you. Let yourself let you stop me. Oh, God, no, my wife's dead. No, wait, she's holding a baby. Bathtub. What? Guess she was pregnant. And cut the umbilical cord somehow. Yay, I'm a dad. Again? I forget. Looks like I just beat up your goons, Cohen. Oh, wait, this is the Mexican guy. No, it's the other. It's the non-Mexican guy who looks kind of Mexican. Looks like I just beat up your goons, Cohen. I could be beating you up right now or disarming you instead of talking. But I got too much integrity. What are you going to do now, wizard? My boxing days are over. Blam. Uh. Hey, Egghead, you sure this Chinatown thing's not a trap? He and his guys keep giggling and tapping the mic like Kelly won. Man, smart. <laughs> you sure you don't even want to lock the door here so someone don't come up and strangle you from behind? Nah. Wow, a giant cube of... Oh, wait, this is gossiping. <clears throat> wow, a giant cube of money. We giving it back to the victims he stole it from? Now we're going to burn it. Uh, won't that tip him off for cops? We're not cops. <laughs> More. Yet. My boxing days aren't over. I was JKing before. There, I kicked his ass after he kicked my ass. Book him. Also, I was never here, and this never happened. It was a secret. So kill those reporters and break those cameras and hope Cohen doesn't remember. <clears throat> Every person in the world owns a badge except me. I just threw mine in the ocean while my wife and kid watched. Then I threw in my purple hearts and my wife and kid. Stupid ocean. Yeah, it may not be paradise, but concrete plus smog equal the city of angels. The end. <sighs> I missed you. <laughs> yes. Where's the Golden Globe, fuckers? Oh. Well, the ceremonies are over. Otherwise, you would have totally been eligible. Gangster oh. Squad! <laughs> so I get the impression from uh, some sort of pre-recording talk we've done, uh, and from some of the things you guys have said on this podcast, uh, that you guys just had have nothing good to say about this? Anyone? How long we got to talk about it? <laughs> it could have been funny. It was almost funny, and it was kind of funny, but then it wasn't supposed to be funny. Well, that's the thing. You, you, you're looking at it, and you're like, Ruben, are you making a joke? What are you doing? And he almost, he almost tips over into making a parody movie, which could have been great. Yeah. But he's just so serious about so many things, but he can't resist being goofy. I don't know if that's an accident or what, but there's there's a couple moments here where you know the voiceover and the that opening scene where I'm just thinking the title this? even Gangster Squad doesn't sound like a serious movie to me. It sounds like a funnier title than a haunted house. The well, even the, does, the yeah. font looks like don't the dead men don't wear plaid or something. Yeah. Well, okay, so I then I'll defend it. I'll I'll be the odd man out here because uh, I rarely say this, but I I really had a lot of for the most part I had a lot of fun with this. Uh, I I don't think it was very good. Um, I thought it was pretty much by the numbers. It was a it was hitting all of the the rote noir beats as best as it could, often gracelessly. Um, but I for the most part I I I loved the production values of it. Uh I enjoyed a lot of what the cast was doing and I even dug a couple of the action scenes. Um 
So as far as just throwaway crappy January action movies, you know, you could do a lot worse than Gangster Squad. So it's your drive angry. It's like your January free whoa, whoa, pass whoa, whoa, movie. Whoa, 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 whoa. Hey, hey, hey. Yeah, hey, that's, he's, yeah, he's up. Yeah, that's he's not, off. That is uncool, dude. That is yeah, uncool. Come on. Too soon. <laughs> I'm sorry. Drive Angry is way more self-aware, though, than Gangster Squad. Like, Gangster Squad does, I think you guys are right, it doesn't have a lot of self-awareness. It really, I think, is aping better noir movies and doesn't really know how to do it. When I said, Angry, yeah, go ahead. Well, when I said, uh, oh, Chuck Norris is really funny in Expendables 2, and you go, yeah, but does the movie know it's supposed to be funny? And I go, well, we know the movie doesn't know. That's, you know what? That's a great comparison. Uh, at the difference, though, I think, Kelly Wand, is that I, I think there's a bit more earnestness in an Expendables movie than there was in Gangster Squad. Chuck Norris is more earnest to you than Ryan Gosling. The movie itself, uh, uh, The Expendables, I think, is pretty earnest for the most part. Yeah. And the Chuck Norris, I mean, if you were to bring him in as a joke, and they, of course they know it's funny to, to bring in Chuck Norris, but as a whole, I feel that Expendables, because I think that's a good comparison. If we're going to talk about crappy you know, action movies that are just throwaway experiences. Expendables is right up there, and I would certainly put Gangster Squad in there as well. But I don't think Gangster Squad was quite as earnest as Expendables. Like Dingus said, sometimes it does tip into parody, and I, there, there's a kind of there's a kind of a clumsiness there, which I definitely a, agree with. But uh, yeah, I laughed more during Expendables, so therefore. But I was going. I was making this sound a lot during Gangster Squad. Ugh. Or. Pff. At the lines a lot, um, and I wasn't bored per se. So maybe you're right. Ah, I'm winning over the heart of Kelly Wandingus. Mm, oh, good lord! I, I don't see anything to come in this at all. I I can't wait to hear you tell me what action sequences work because even that that awful car chase. I was just I don't I just don't think he can do this. I, I I don't think he can do this type of movie, and I don't really understand him trying, other than maybe trying to break out of the zombie land mold. Uh, I'm I'm not sure what's going on here. I really am not sure what the tone is supposed to be. I think the acting. I don't know what the heck is going on with most of it. The dialogue is horrible. Sean Penn. Oh my god. I know. Well, I do agree so, with Sean Penn. Yeah, I, I agree that that was pretty. What's uh, with makeup in movies now? This and Prometheus. I just is everything supposed to look like Dick Tracy or? Yeah, I don't know what they were thinking with Sean Penn and how he looked, and I don't know what he was. I mean, it really did feel like this kind of uh, fifth-rate De Niro impression from Untouchables. Uh, and well, yeah. all of this movie feels like that to me. It constantly yeah, feels fair like enough. Fair parody. Yeah, uh, I will say though. Okay, so Dingus, you asked about what action sequences I liked. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I liked the elevator fight, the very first one when when uh, Josh Brolin goes into the brothel or whatever that's supposed to be, and they have the elevator fight. Uh, I enjoyed that. I liked, um, and you guys are going to laugh at me, but I liked the Ryan Gosling conversion scene. You know, where he sees the kid, and it's all ridiculous, like freely granted oh, top silliness. What? But, but no, I liked where he sees the kid, and he's going to go in, and he's going to shoot. <laughs> he's You're so shoot. dumb. <laughs> and he's going to shoot Mickey Cohen on, on the, uh, you know, and he does that the, <sighs> to the guy on the ground. The guy on the ground says, you can't shoot me, you're not a cop. And he says, not anymore. And then he goes in, and they mount the camera in front of him. So as he's walking along, the camera's going with him. Uh, I, I liked that scene. Um I, I even kind of like the dead wife slash baby fake out. 
Um, I, I, I did like the car chase too, though. I like the car chase. I, I like seeing those cars. I like, uh, you know, I like the aerial shots of those cars running down a dusty road. I like seeing people shooting from running boards. Uh, the grenade thing, ridiculous, absolutely ridiculous. But I liked that. Um, and I liked even, uh, you know, it's a, it's a sort of a, it's just aping the end of which lethal weapon is it where they wrestle in the mud. The first one. It's the first one. Yeah. yeah. That's what he, kind of, he's stealing from his own movie that he's yes. going to rewrite. Yeah, yes. yeah, exactly. They rip it off for this. And I, you know what? I thought that kind of worked. Um, I even liked the gag. You know, I'm, I'm not in my boxing days anymore when that was almost an Indiana Jones thing, I guess. Um, but oh some of those God. things I like. Here's a, there, there were just enough glimpses of things that I really liked or that, that caught my eye to where I enjoyed myself. Um, and again, I'm not saying it's a good movie. I agree that it's clumsy. It's very clumsy at times. Uh, I can't. I just can't tell if you if you're saying you liked it because it was graceless, like you had a good beat, you could dance to it, or you you knew it was stupid and, and you were you you thought it was funny. I knew it was stupid, and and uh, I don't I don't laugh at it though. Like I see some really really bad movies, and it's nowhere near that level of just laughing at it because it's so bad. Because again, like, could you guys at least give it props for the the production design and the costumes? Maybe, but I I can't tune out dialogue. Like when she smiles when she sees him putting the bug in in the house, and then later right? it's like, why were you in there? What was what was you put the bug in there? It's like, fuck, that doesn't. Why was she smiling then? Then it's like, what? Two weeks later, she brings in a fucking retard. Well, here's here's where I do think, like, that early on um, when, and by the way, I, I wish I knew how to pronounce this woman's name, and Dingus, I was hoping you might call her out when you list who's in the movie. Um, Mary Ellis Enos? How do you say her name? I think that's uh, that's good. Uh, yeah, I do like her. I don't. I love I don't, her. I did, had you seen her before, Dingus? She's the wife? Yeah. Yeah, she's the wife. Uh, I don't remember. I think she's from a couple of TV. I, I really liked her. I yeah, she, she, she had her, some but, TV. Uh, but I didn't understand this whole. Uh, the, <laughs> you said you were done. Uh, I, I object to you, and then the next morning I'm picking your squad for you. Right. See, I, I love that, though. Again, that's something uh, that's dopey, that's funny, and I loved that actress, and I loved what they did with the character. I thought she came through looking way better than Emma Stone, by the way. I cared more oh, about Oh, you're her. absolutely right. You're absolutely right, yeah. So here's an example, again, of where I thought the line, and they lose, early on, there's some almost ridiculously noirish dialogue that I wish they hadn't lost track of. And early on, she says something that's so, I mean, how can the movie take this seriously? I mean, it, the movie lets you know how dopey it's going to be when she says to Josh Brolin, I don't need a hero, Sarge. I need a husband. So you don't have my permission to belly flop on a grenade. <laughs> what the heck? How? I love that she calls him Sarge all the time. Yeah, uh, and even the "Who's the Tomato" line, and uh, you know, I bet you got a Ducky War story to go with that lighter. Um, so, it's, yeah, dopey, but certainly entertaining to me. It was like a bad um, Max Payne video game. Kelly warned. Ugh. See, this is how low your bar is, and this is why you liked it. While well, Dingus and I are grown-ups. I see. <laughs> Well, I think my, my problem is that I'm such a huge fan of the Untouchables. Oh. Yeah, I know, honey. And so is your dog. Good girl. My dog, my dog. Uh, the two of us love the Untouchables. Mm -hmm. And I was just constantly feeling like this is yeah. the Untouchables light. It was, there were so many little moments that are just uh, Untouchables cribbing that I couldn't. And, 
And where's its baby carriage? Where's its like big set piece moment that's gonna win me and Dingus over? Like oh, uh, that's a respectable. And then there, and then there was so much clumsiness to attend that that oh, I, you know, Tom, you best, and I, and it's really hard for me to be fair to the movie on production value and uh, and music and and stuff like that because I was so upset with the the writing and the overall clumsiness of it. But I think you're right. I mean. If I if I sit back and look at what the clubs look like and what Slappy Maxis look like, and, that's and not the, the problem. Like, you you got to be right about those things. But I was so distracted by how I just felt like. Do Do you imagine nobody's ever seen The Untouchables? Uh, and I just kept giggling at things. It was just nah. Uh, so I, I I have to I have to concede that you're probably right that that the production values are good. Okay. Good. Then I'll take that as a minor victory. Uh, the woman who did the costumes, by the way, her name is Mary Zilfras. She does all the costumes. I, I don't know about all of them, but she does the costumes for many of your favorite Coen Brothers movies. So you guys. Ah, okay. There you go. Therefore. Therefore, the movie had awesome rules, costumes. Right. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I will say though, uh, if here's a here's a fun drinking game. Um, go see Gangster Squad, and every time you know you. Every time someone gets mad and smashes something, take a drink. <laughs> you like you will get trashed. Wait, uh, so you drank? You saw this movie drunk? You? No, no, no. If I if I but I did concoct the Gangster Squad drinking game afterwards. Get it? Uh, see, you can do that. You can just you can project that you're a drunkard watching it and enjoy yourself. <laughs> but early on, like when uh, I have to be baked, Mariel yes. Enos like smashes a plate and then Mickey Cohen's always like Sean Penn's yeah. always like sweeping things off of tables. And my favorite though, and this is when I concocted the game <laughs> is when Josh Hamilton goes to tell Giovanni Ribisi's family, Oh, Giovanni Ribisi's dead. And it shows the little boy outside, and then Josh, oh, yeah. <laughs> and then Josh Brolin Josh comes Hamilton. out. Josh Brolin comes out, and the little adorable, you know, blonde, the toe-headed kid who has no dialogue then starts trashing his own bike. <laughs> yeah, I love that moment, by the way, where out of nowhere Giovanni Ribisi goes, "How are we any different than them?" Oh, please don't remind me about that because that was and, that, yeah. And then I know that's the milk moment. You're dead. They should have oh, shown a Mickey Cohen kid trashing his bike at the end. <laughs> but didn't you guys kind of like, though, I, I don't know that we've seen this before. I, I like how early on, and again, they abandoned this pretty quickly, but they were trying to tie in these different elements of Los Angeles at the Times. And I really loved the idea that if we're going to project this contemporary, you know, the hacker character, because that's what Giovanni Ribisi was, if we're going to project him into this story, this contemporary archetype into a, a 40s, a 50s in this case, noir story, uh, they're going to introduce them with this rocket launch. Like, I kind of liked that scene, this idea that they're out there watching the, the launch of the rocket. <laughs> no? I, I, could, I was so distracted by how... What's the uh, name of the account? The, how This was just the Charles Martin Charles Smith. Charles Nelson, really. Oh. Charles Martin Smith from uh, The Untouchables, that, inca- that accountant guy. It was just the same character. Sweet. Sweetie. Well, you've got to give, you've got to have enjoyed uh, Robert Patrick's uh, screwed up attempt to break them out of jail. Yeah, that was kind of good. But they stole that from American Graffiti. Nobody's seen that, Kelly Wand. Oh. That's by the guy that did the Star Wars movies, isn't it? Did you even see The Untouchables? (laughs) Not in a long time, and maybe that helps. Maybe that's what you, if you've got a long span of time since you've seen The Untouchables, it might enable you to to hate Gangster Squad less. So you do, you guys might have a point there. 
I hate that they. So Tom. Uh, oh yeah. Yes, yes, Dick. Tom, you saw Crazy so, Stupid Love. No, that's one of. Uh, let's see. So I've walked out of three movies this year in the last year or so. One of which was Crazy Stupid Love. Really? Yeah. I don't think I heard about that one. I could not stomach the first. Yeah, when when Ryan Gosling is hitting on Emma Stone and being so hot and cool, and she's totally pretending not to be into him. I was like, I, I just I can't take this. Wait, 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 wait. Give yeah. me a, can you give me a quote? I can't because I've, I've blocked it from my memory. <laughs> I'm not going to watch this. You'll have to see that on your that, that was the thing that made you leave, though, is that Emma Stone wasn't fucking him soon enough. <laughs> I just, I, no, the movie, no, I, you know what, I didn't give it a fair chance. Close to the Gangster Squad dialogue, where she's fucking <laughs> a mobster, and he comes up and goes, hey, look at me, remember? But see, I like that because it was it was kind of ridiculous and noirish, and uh, I don't know, I don't know. You you have a point. You might have a point, Kelly Wand. I should have I should have stuck with Crazy Stupid Love. Yeah. But so, Dingus, what well, were you going to say? Oh, I was curious about whether they had any chemistry in that because I yeah, would think no. that that have have they them. must have had chemistry in that if you're going to pair them again. And there's just nothing here. There's one moment. There's one little moment uh, when they're in bed together, and he taps a cigarette on her shoulder. Yeah. That I thought, oh, that's kind of a cool little moment. But that seems like something they would do if they were fucking those two actors. <laughs> oh, well, otherwise, I wondered if there was like a great deal of chemistry and crazy, stupid love, and then then folks are like, hey, yeah, let's get these two back together. Everything they make is cool. Yeah, I don't know. I don't because I I didn't stick with their stuff long enough in Crazy Stupid Love to really speak to that. But I, she looked good in this. Yeah. Yeah, right. but it's, it's like the. Uh, she Come on, hold on. Costume. How about that red dress with the slit? That's all she said. One, five seconds of that. I can get that in the trailer. That's all, well, she doesn't do like a dance number, like Ruta Hayworth kind of thing. Like, um, how about. Uh, and there's no sex scene. There's no sex scene in movies anymore. I'm fucking sick of this. And we're all just rolling over for it. <laughs> fucking send it. <laughs> they have a stone sex scene. I'm never going to get one. R rated. Ridiculous fucking uh, truck. Oh. I I did think from the trailer that she was going to be the one dancing in that that trailer song that Tom just played earlier. That that backlit. Uh, the super club, right, right. Yeah, I thought that was going to be her. Psych. But she's uh she's like the finishing. She's doing finishing school or something. What is she? The etiquette. Oh, she's the etiquette. Yeah, like like C three PO. Or no, that's protocol. C-3PO does protocol, she does etiquette, right? BC's the R2, Gimli's uh, Aragorn. <laughs> God. God. Um, did you guys know that that Chinatown scene was completely reshot? Yes. So t- was, one, tell us what happened. Well, it was originally going to be set in the Grauman's Chinese Theater, and they were going to like shoot uh, Tommy guns, because there's not enough of that in this movie, through the movie screen. But then, fucktard shot up The Dark Knight Rises, so they had to reshoot a scene set in Chinatown. Right, so that it was all in response to the Aurora shooting. Uh, so but it was like Chinatown, like their way of going, okay, it's the Chinese theater, but instead of a, ta- instead of a theater, it's like it's town. Well, I think it was what's, a, what's an L.A. landmark, you know, because that was the whole point of using Grom as Chinese theater, uh, and apparently, oh, from what I've heard, I was looking for the original trailer and couldn't find it because actually it was even pulled from YouTube. Um, apparently, the the they come out like they're they're shooting into the audience from the screen, uh, which which they felt, and I kind of feel that this isn't necessarily a bad call. They felt was just a little too close to what happened in Aurora. Yeah. 
Um, so, it's annoying. And, and this was also supposed to come out in, in September, um, which would have been just a, a few months after Aurora. So they, they delayed the release. Uh, it came out now in January, where I kind of think it belongs. It feels like a January release. Yes. Uh, it absolutely does. That's why that, that story, when I keep reading it, uh-huh. sounds so dis- – it just doesn't ring true to me because – it's hard for me to imagine them deciding to release this movie at any time other than right now. <laughs> well, no, I think September can happen. Well, you, you know, you're right, Nick. So definitely, maybe, and maybe that was part of it too. Because I have to say, I, I do have to say, maybe part of it is I just really expected this to just be abysmal and have no redeeming quality whatsoever. I don't think I knew it was going to have this many. Like, I had no idea Michael Pena and, and Robert Patrick were going to show up. Um, I'd never seen this Muriel. Enos woman before, and she was great. Uh, I didn't know Nick Nolte was going to have a little walk on. Um, I, I didn't know it was a getting a band back together thing. Like I didn't know they were going to do that whole thing. So I just had such incredibly low expectations for this. So I suggest- they were met, and they were met exactly. <laughs> they were met and slightly seen. Anthony Mackie, come on. Uh, I well, you know, he doesn't really do anything, though, does he? There no, you he go. That weird oh, moment first. where he just appears with a switchblade in front of the Burbank sheriff. <laughs> in the jailbreak, which uh, I hate the way this movie is edited. I don't often say that because I have such respect for the way editors direct movies and put together movies, but I can't stand the way this movie is edited. It drives me nuts. Uh, when they when they introduce Anthony Mackie's character throwing a switchblade into a drug dealer's hand, yeah. and it cuts directly to him being recruited, I got the feeling, you know, the way you edited that, you made it seem like it was a dream sequence, and Anthony Mackie was just imagining that's what he was going to do. They were they were gathered there to watch it before he threw the knife. So it's like that thing in uh, that movie you were saying where the camera pans around to show. Oh God, uh, lockdown. Lockdown. <laughs> Okay, where? She's going to throw a knife at this guy's hand. Ah, see? He'd be perfect. Um, here's the, okay, is this line awful or good? You ready? You guys let me know. This city's going under. You're grabbing a bucket when you should be grabbing a bathing suit. Kelly Wand, is that a good line or a bad line? Mm, a bathing suit. That's what people do when a ship's sinking. They change clothes. I'm going to take that as a good line, then. If it's, oh, okay. it's causing you to if think... It's making me think that... All right. Wait. <laughs> it's such a terrible metaphor. Wouldn't it be know, I don't even... Scave or a submarine? Did he say going under? I might have screwed up the first part. All I wrote down was the thing about the bucket and the bathing suit. Dingus, good line or bad line? Bathing suit. Don't... Mickey Mouse. <laughs> bathing suit won't absorb more water. Uh, do you guys know who Cheddar Bob is? He's in the cantina seat in Star Wars. Uh, there's a movie called Eight Mile, and one of uh, Eminem's buddies is uh, the, the actor's name is. Oh, I, I looked it up. Oh, I love that kid. I love that kid. Montana. Are you joking, Dingus? You're being serious. That kid. No, I'm totally being serious. I love that guy. Yeah, I do too. And he, so you recognize it because the moment he came on screen, I was like, "Hey, it's Cheddar Bob." <laughs> yeah, absolutely. He's so great. Yeah. Oh, Cheddar. He's the guy who was going to pour, and again, this is just ridiculous. He's the guy who gets like acid poured on his crotch. I kind of like right. that. But then you don't find out what happens. Well, he takes just, his pants off. Nothing happens. He comes out of it. <laughs> um, I do love, and again, this is this is again times where I think Dingus is right, and the movie's just tilting so close to parody that yeah, it's laughable. Well, just, maybe 
Uh, the fact that we, we cut to Jack, the, the guy who ends up sort of, is he going to betray him? Is he not? And he ends up being heroic. He's making, you know, an omelet or whatever in his little kitchen. There's a knock on the door. He turns around and opens his silverware drawer. And there's a gun on top of the silverware where he keeps it when he's cooking. Wasn't that ridiculously enjoyable? Come on. If he'd been cooking yeah, with it, right. it would have been better. Or if he'd been cooking it. If it was in the frying pan, that's where he keeps it. Uh, and also, along the lines of um, when, we saw the, when we saw the gray, there's a moment, if you listen in the background, where you can hear the guy taking their tickets saying, uh, you guys are fucking this up, let's go. <laughs> They're getting on the plane. Uh, this, this is in the same category as that. Just a line you over here in the background that I enjoyed. Uh, when they're all gathered in their hideout and someone hands Anthony Mackie a sandwich, he goes, what the hell is this? Where's the pickles? Come on, wasn't that great? Am I the only one that caught that? Wait, was that in the script or did he... It was probably improvised, yeah. Guy's a genius. Uh, and he, how many movies uh, does Daryl Gates appear in? What do you think of that? The police chief of LA. That's a, good, that's a, that's a very good point, actually. What? Yeah. He oh, was right. one of the characters. He was one of the... Because, Kelly One, this was based on a book. I don't know if you know that. Uh, yeah. Also, a graphic is, there, is Mickey call her Claude Rains at one point? Yeah, get it? Uh, Did you guys get that? Because I got it. I can explain it to you if you need me to, Dingus. Would you please? Claude Rains advantages. played the Invisible Man, and he obviously had not been seen much of Emma Stone because she was catting around with Ryan Gosling. So he was basically saying, hey, I haven't seen much of you. There, ergo, Claude Rains. Get it? I thought because she's insane and she giggles all the time. That's a Claude Rains thing. I don't under if you. I don't understand that. I don't know what that meant. <laughs> I like. I like that you said that though. I like that you said catting around. I'm going to call you Hoosgal because of that. Catting around. Uh, they took Mickey Cohen's dog. What do you guys think of that? How's that for adding insult to injury? Who took it? Kelly one. How can you miss a vital plot point like that? At the uh, end, during the denouement. We see that, that Mickey Cohen's bulldog has been appropriated by Ryan Gosling and Emma Stone. What do you think of that? Oh, I think that's not he, he says, kill them, kill their dogs, kill their cats. So he deserves that. Plus, yeah. plus, I mean, that's that's another cribbing from an, an album. I know, God, uh, don't bring that up, Dingus. That, that really was painful, too. <laughs> I read he just stayed in jail for four years and then became like a famous gym instructor or something. And he was jailed for taxes. Yes. Is, is this a good line or a bad line? You ready, Tom? Yes. You know the drill. Ah! Oh. You know what? You guys are right. This this thing is awful. <laughs> um, oh. Remember at least a weapon where he goes nailed him after he uses the nail gun? <laughs> is that a good line or a bad line? <laughs> the he nailed him. He shot with a nail gun. If they were transposed those lines, they would both be not as good. Uh, how about during the, uh, the the final level, when you have the slow-mo boss fight against Sean Penn? Didn't you guys like that? Which part? Which boss fight? Against Sean Penn in slow-mo. The, and they're shooting up the Christmas tree. Oh, and no one got killed? Yeah, but didn't, didn't you see that as deeply symbolic, Kelly Wand? The when the bulb got shot and it was empty inside, yeah, that was symbolic of the movie. Uh, 
I think you guys you guys just have to understand that you have to lower your standards in January. That's just the way I think it works. Just, wait, you're gonna be the guy who likes every bad movie. Pump up your uh, star rating. No, because the uh, Ray has taught me not to lower my standards. How dare you? Very good. Okay. See what you did, Tom. Well, all right. There's, I'm not going to be able to bring you guys around, so I give up. Fine. Don't like Gangster Squad. I hope you're happy. Um, let's have a you did a heck of a job trying that. Try out, trying. I appreciate that. I did my best. Uh, Dingus, how, in this 3x3, three three, how about that moment where Ryan Gosling keeps his badge in his hat? Wasn't that awesome? Did, maybe that's going to be uh, one of my three picks, by the way. Well, what I like is that he was constantly putting his hat over his chest. I like, I like hat uh, business. When actors like do stuff with their hat, and he was constantly putting his hat on his chest, mm-hmm. like, I don't know, he was just using it as, as like this is something that I'm holding right here. Yep, yep. Uh, so how would that tie into this week's three by three? Then what do you got? <laughs> Hearts. <laughs> That's right. Yes, this is about turning on your heart light. Uh, no, this uh, this is a three by three about hats, your favorite little hat things. Uh, what I brought up last week is how uh, sometimes you see a movie and you think, you know. I want to start wearing suits. I want to start smoking. I want to wear. I want to. I want to be able to wear a hat. So this is your favorite hats or hat moments in movies. So Kelly Wand, you'll be introducing next week's three by three. So why don't you start us out by giving us your uh, number three pick for this one? My number three pick for best hats in motion picture history is uh, Ray Liotta's head in Hannibal. <laughs> really. Right off the bat. There you go. All right. Dun, 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 dun. Hattable. Get it? So you think of a skull as a cap. All right. Well, if it detaches, that's what makes a hat a hat, doesn't it? If it detaches, because with, uh, with some characters, it's whether the hat doesn't detach. Oh. What do you mean? So... Yeah, I don't want to ruin anybody's picks, but the the most obvious one is is uh, somebody who had a hat stapled to his head. So okay, uh, Ray Liotta's skull. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> yeah, that's my third favorite hat in movies. So what I did is I, uh, you know, I was very particular not to choose helmets, not to choose like headgear, things like that. Otherwise, I would get Loki's reindeer thing in there pronto, like like that. That would totally be on there. You know, uh, Ian McKellen's metal-proof hat thing for his ma- magnet dude. Um, all those things, those are helmets, so I didn't pick that. I only went with hats. Furthermore, what I have done here, uh, according to the way you introduced it, Dingus, um, I have chosen three movies that not only made me want to wear hats, but where I actually wore those hats. Oh, uh, nice. So, so all of these are things that influenced me so much, Fortunately, they're all from things when I was younger that I actually wore a hat from those things. All three at the same time? Well, that would look awesome. Uh, but no, my number three pick uh, for, I remember back in Arkansas, we, you know, in Arkansas, we get winters just long enough part of the year where you really have to bundle up. Um, and there was a period of time where I really liked those, I guess they're called toques in Canada, those, those knit caps with a little ball on top, because I, I loved the Bob and Doug McKenzie stuff that those guys did. I listened to the album over and over. There are people I grew up with that, you know, I could quote that if I were hanging around with them. And if I were like the kind of guy who would quote Monty Python, I would instead quote Bob and Doug McKenzie. But I loved those guys enough that I liked wearing toques like that. So that's my number three pick, are the Bob and Doug McKenzie toques. 
Wait, I thought you have to pick like a moment. Not that I from did. what from what movie though, Tom? Oh, oh, sorry, Strange Brew. Strange yes, Brew. sorry. <laughs> they can uh, I, I love this because, but there's only one uh, movie from which I bought a hat. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I'll talk about that in Runners Up. But that, this is a great one. I like that. And they're, what, I, how do you spell toques? Oh, geez, you would ask me, Kelly. One, you're Canadian. Is it? Do you just go T O O K, or is it T O Q U E, or what? How does that work? So it's uh, the, no. anyways, the Hobbit family. Ah, right. Very good. Not everything is about pratique. It's with the T. But you guys can see that, right? Like they they wore, and they might have even had like a hockey team or something on them. I don't know if there's particular emblems on them, but. You guys know what I'm talking about. Like, it's it's not a cap. Like, nowadays, it looks fashionable if you have one of those that you wear tight over your head. But they had that yeah, whole like triangular. Yeah, and it would, it was like triangling up, almost like a Gandalf hat or something. And it had the poofy thing on top. So. Tricorn. No, no. no. Oh. <laughs> yeah, welcome to Williamsburg, Virginia. No, I know exactly what you're talking about with a big tassel on top. Because I've got one of those skull caps. And, and that actually, uh, you know, can look kind of cool, not on me, but on other people. Really? Yeah, yeah. But I, it can look but, like a sort of a, a grunge, cool, slick dude kind of thing. It's got a certain right. hair cheek to it or whatever when you pull it down tight over your head. But if you leave that pocket of air up there and make it, like, nerdy, that's a total Bob and Doug McKenzie thing. Yeah. <laughs> so good. I like that. All right, Dingus, what's your number three, then? Yeah. And tell us a bit about your approach. I, well, I think we kind of know. So you've only, you've only been impelled by a movie to wear a hat once in your life? Huh. No, no. Uh Many times watching the, especially the kind of movies I like, um, and Gangster Squad could have tapped into this. Um, I love the way hats or are tapped used into it. Yeah, very well done. Uh, I just don't have the, I don't have the, the noggin for it. I'm not. <laughs> some people could rock a hat. Uh, I'm just not one of those people. I can wear a backwards uh, baseball cap, and that's about it. Um, and I, I try their hats when I'm hiking, and usually people just laugh. Uh, but I love those those old hats and the way actors use them in business. So um, the, the uh, there's only been one time when I actually went and bought a hat because I loved the hat so much. But Is but that I totally one of your get three picks. No, no, it, it's the it's the perfectly obvious pick, and I'll talk about it later if nobody brings it up. Which yeah, that's, that's on my list. So, yeah. Um, but uh, but for for this, no, I, I just talked about the way I liked uh, hat business, uh, and uh, and this third one is kind of weird, kind of a a last minute one, uh, and so I'm going to give you guys a quick quote from it. This is actually a cautionary tale about hat. So here's here's the quote. Uh, you don't wear a hat in the house, white man. Even I know that. It's got to be Dances with the Wolves. Django. Oh, it's Django Unchained, <laughs> and it is it is Django talking to James Rumar, the gunman for uh, Leonardo DiCaprio, when they're in that uh, that scene where the Mandingo fight happens, and James Rumar's wearing the hat. And I just like that that little bit of hat etiquette that happens because I'm constantly wondering about how movies get, especially military. Uh, I like that Tom's making a distinction here between helmets and hats, but, um, but in the military, they talk about them as covers and in some movies they get it wrong where you're supposed to wear a cover and you're not supposed to wear a cover and when you're supposed to salute and when you're not supposed to salute. So I like the etiquette there that uh, where Django is playing this little role, uh, even though I didn't like Django at all or Django and Anna Chazé. Like the movie, uh, I did. This is one of the 
little moment in Django Chain that I really liked, where um, where Django says to him, uh, "Even I know you're not supposed to wear a, ha- a hat in the house." So there you go. So it was a moment then, or the or a particular hat. You like James Remar's hat, or you're just highlighting that moment? No, I I just I it, part of it is business. I like okay. the way actors use their hats. Mm-hmm. Um, and so my all all three of mine are dealing with. Um, how the actors are dealing with the hat in the scene. Okay. Uh, and two of them are hats I really love. Uh, this one, I couldn't care less about what James Remar's hat is. I just like the way Django reacts to it. But the other two are definitely uh, moments where there's action involving the hat. Right. Kelly Lynn, what is your number two pick? This is, this is better than Ray Liotta's skull cap but not as good as your number one pick. What do you got for us? <laughs> oh, I see. So it's my number two pick. So it's the middle, middle one, right? Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Okay. Uh, my number two is, uh, and my number one are both in themed of payoff hats, like where the hat makes something work that wouldn't have worked unless it was a hat. Ergo. Okay, yeah, yeah. So you have to tell me if I meet that criterion, mm-hmm. the way I met best picture ever made for Silver Linings Playbook earlier. Uh, in The Man with Two Brains, Steve Martin's wearing a hat all the time while he's doing these operations, brain operations. And then, uh, yeah. <laughs> so it's that hat. So in the end, well, not the end, like a third of the movie in, then Kathleen Turner is like his wife, and she's like, cock teasing him and then she stops and then he gets up and then his hat's covering his boner so that's my number two what kind of hat was that kelly wand i like a like a um stinson (laughs) stetson it's a stetson stetson with the flower uh brim did you say a stinson it's a stinson Stinson hat it's a stinson hat oh fantastic Fendora. All right, Fendora. man with two brains. Very good. Man with um, two brains. See, so it's a payoff to the joke. It's like, oh, why is he wearing a hat? Oh, because it's covering his dick, which is also a good use for the hat. It's like a coat hook. I think it's a good use of a penis. Of a dick, right. Hang your hat on it. <laughs> I thought it was right, good. Uh, next three by three, good uses of penis. <laughs> Uh, my number two pick is, I, I think this is a, uh, and I'm, all, I'm surprised Dingus didn't take this off the table. Obviously the most famous movie hat. And I did do that stu- and I can't, I did among the many stupid things I did when I was younger. I remember in graduate school running around wearing a leather jacket and a fedora. And I can only imagine how stupid oh. I must have looked. Um, Dips Hopper in Blue Velvet? <laughs> But it's it's Indiana Jones hat. Like, that's the, the most famous movie hat. And how many of us, and I'm I'm assuming that's what you're talking about, Dingus, I don't know, but how many of us saw Raiders of the Lost Ark and was like, I'm going to wear a fedora. Uh, and I actually, and that's the thing, if I had just done it when I was a kid, that would be fine. But this was many, many years later in graduate school. I somehow ended up, like, taking a, a fedora-ish looking hat for my grandfather and, and wearing it around in earnest. Um, which uh, is ridiculous. So, uh, age, how old are you? Uh, when you were in graduate school, let's see, I'm going to have to do math. How old are you in graduate school? 22 or so? Yeah, so in my early 20s. I 22 is graduate school, as I recall, from my own Bachelor of Arts acquisition phase. Yeah. So, uh, there's my number two pick. And Wait, I... so did you ever get any uh, action in the hat? Was there ever. 
Uh, I, 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 yeah, my girlfriend at the time, when I, I met her, I was running around wearing that stupid hat. And, of course. Uh, assuming that, you know, the thing is, I think I might have ended up dating her in spite of the fact that I was wearing a stupid hat. Um, yeah. I don't, but the, all right, this story's way beyond convoluted now. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I, I would not say it works. Uh Yes, yeah, so a fedora, uh, Indiana Jones hat, most famous movie hat, and I, I actually did soliloquy enough wear a, a fedora. Did she ever ask you to take it off or leave it on? Uh, she was pretty gracious. If I looked silly, she didn't. I'm pretty sure I did look silly. She never let me know. Uh, which actually, it's kind of like not telling someone they've got food in their teeth. <laughs> yeah, right. that, that's exactly the hat I was talking about, Tom. Um, I remember the moment of... Uh, forcing my dad to drive me to J.C. Penney because uh, I had <laughs> seen J. C. it Does J.C. Penney have fedoras? It did at that time, and it had a, a, a fedora that was more or less. Uh, I don't. I think Raiders of the Lost Ark was being re-released at some little theater, and I don't think it was branded. But uh, but I found these these basically they were Indiana Jones replica fedora hats, and I was in high school at the time. And, um, and again, I was rocking some sort of awful pseudo mullet at the time. So wearing a fedora with a mullet is really good. That's good stuff. Um, and I, I went down, I got my money together and I bought myself a fedora. And I just remember my dad being so just, he, he didn't, he didn't make fun of me at all. He, he, but I, but I can't, I can't imagine not making fun of somebody for doing this, but I, was so excited to buy this this hat and and to try to wear this fedora um but that that indiana jones fedora perfect it's a perfect choice but that is the only one that i that i bought based on a movie i will say that maybe the only possible saving grace from me looking as ridiculous as i could have is i don't think it was necessarily a full fedora it was almost like a i don't really know my hats like i don't know the difference between like a I think I know what a pork pie is, but it wasn't quite like a wide-brimmed fedora. Like, it didn't, it wasn't obvious that I was trying to look like Indiana Jones. Or at least it wasn't obvious enough. So that might have helped me look a little... Until you added the whip. (laughs) (laughs) He had a leather jacket, though, and he was carrying a satchel. That could have been fun. (laughs) The satchel for my books. All right, well, Dingus, what is your... Wait, hang on. I just want to tell my childhood story. Yes, I one, and I made my dad take me to the doctor after Elephant Man had come out, and I wanted to, like, have, like, tumors on my face so I could fit in. How'd that work out for you? Mm. My girlfriend was very generous, and whenever I looked... (laughs) Uh, Dingus, what is your number two pick for uh, a favorite bit bit of business with a hat in a movie? And maybe you got a quote for us. All right, this is my obvious one. Um, what quote shall I use? Um, how about this one? Yeah, yeah, let's let's do plenty. What? Yeah, let's do plenty. Mangled the line; it threw me off. Start all over. <laughs> Take two, Dingus. Let's hear, let's hear it again, and this time with some spirit. Come on. Yeah, do it correctly. Sorry, he doesn't do it with a lot of spirit, but here we go. Yeah, let's do plenty. That sounds like Rush War. Or something Wes Anderson. It does sound Anderson-esque, doesn't it? Anderson or Coheny. All right, here's a, here's a better quote that, that will give you that will give it to you guys immediately. Maybe that's why I like you, Tom. I never met anybody made being a son of a bitch such oh. a ride. Jesus, Tom. 
Exactly. I, I bet you think you raised hell, sister. <laughs> when I raise hell, you'll know it. <laughs> what? What was that voice? That was Did you, were you just doing Ryan Gosling from Gangster Squad? <laughs> <laughs> hey, everybody. I'm Ryan Gosling in Gangster Squad. <laughs> That's good, dingus. That Thank you. Good. That, was almost, that was as good as what Kelly Wand was doing. You guys should like put a show together. I would like to see you guys do a, an on-stage reenactment of Gangster Squad with the two of you playing all of the parts. <laughs> Tom, you I'm, get the I'm, I'm Ryan Gosling. I'm from the Valley. And I constantly sound like I'm from New York. <laughs> no, ma'am, I just want you to smell me. <laughs> right, so this movie is actually Miller's Crossing, of course. Um, uh, and uh, this is totally obvious pick because it's a movie about a hat. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Miller's Gosling. Because the very best the very best quote about this is uh, him having a dream about his hat and her saying, uh, oh, then I guess you chased and it turned into something else. And, and he's sitting on the side of the bed and he says, nah, it stayed a hat. No, I didn't chase it. Nothing more foolish than a man chasing his hat. So uh, there's so many great hat moments in this movie. There's so many great hat shots of, yeah. of his eyes as he tilts his head up um uh i was tempted to choose the dane throwing his hat off into the woods but my very favorite moment is from this very scene that i quoted uh, a minute ago where he walks in and and they have their argument and uh and she says uh he says let's get stinko and then they say let's do plenty and she takes and she it's this moment where she kisses him and then she she pulls the hat off his head and flings it across the room and you see it land on the chair and I just love I love the way Cohen, the Cohen brothers use hats in their movies Frank Kelly Wan what do you have that's even better than that as an, as an example of a hat in a movie I'm going to say odd job because <laughs> I remember thinking that thing doesn't look real. It's not. Uh, it doesn't seem like it would be strong enough to take off the head of a statue. But then at the end of the movie, he flings it into that pipe, and then he gets electrocuted. Because would you go? Oh, I guess it is metal. Because then otherwise, if he was just felt, he wouldn't get electrocuted. So. So this is a movie called Odd Job. Okay, who's in this movie? <laughs> there uh, should have been an Odd Job spinoff. He should have gotten his own movie. It's from Russia with love. Uh, I think. You're awesome. Thunder Jobs. I thought Odd Job was Goldfinger, wasn't it? Ah, what? Troll. It's Goldfinger. Goldfinger. Well done, Kelly Wand. Owned. <laughs> All right, that's my number one best hat. Odd certainly, Jobs and Job Blodgens. Certainly a famous hat. See? It also made me want to go out. I made my dad take me to the uh, short squat uh, butler Asian store and I had to get a hat like that to go with my tuxedo from Arthur that I already owned because I'd seen Arthur the weekend before that. And how did that work out for you? I didn't get laid. <laughs> uh, Alright, the hat that I wore the most, and this is when I was a little kid, um, and this one no one would know what it was from, but it, it was certainly for me an inspiration. When I was a little kid, I used to run around wearing a baseball cap where I had carefully broken the brim like along the center so it makes a little v above my head um and it was just like a sort of a, a flat gray whatever baseball cap no logo on it of course that was very important to me and it had to have that brim cracked just so and it was just a straight up uh, homage to a quince cap in jaws so uh, he dies I, though so you were kind of like jinxing yourself it wasn't his blue 
as, die soon, as soon as you mentioned the the cracked brim, I knew you were talking about Quinn. And it's such a characteristic of it too. Like it's so. I almost was going to do my list of uh, of shabby hats, like hats that aren't glamorous. Um, and uh, yeah, and that that definitely would have applied to Quint's baseball cap. And was it blue, Kelly Wand? I don't know. It's blue on your avatar right now. Oh, that's a tattoo. That's a picture of a tattoo that I found on the internet. Some guy has a Quint tattoo. Uh, but he wouldn't make his his skin blue unless the hat was blue. Um, I don't know the rules of tattoos, so I can't really speak to that. Hang on, I'll find it on the internet. But that's my that's my favorite uh, hat from a movie, as far as influencing me. I did a lot of I've I've done a lot of silly things in my life, and one of them is wearing a baseball cat with a crap cracked brim for a long time uh, as a little what I've been nine year old, I guess. Yeah. What's your favorite historical hat? Like what? Because for me, it would be Civil War hats at the Confederacy. Oh, it's definitely the uh, Johnny Depp's tricorn in Pirates of the Caribbean. What? <laughs> Dingus, what is your number one pick for favorite hat business in a movie? Maybe you got a quote for us for that one, too. I do, but neither of you will know this. It's, uh, where's my hat? Where's my... Oh, there it is. Uh, obviously Midnight Run. Yeah, or Vinion. Vinion is full of hats. It's chocolate. Vinion's a hat. Uh, this is a movie called His Girl Friday. It's from 1940, and it's how oh, it's fucking uh, That's not a movie. That was a Nickelodeon, uh, whatchamacallit, Magic Lantern. Uh, Rosalind Russell in His Girl Friday. Damn, she can rock a hat. Uh, you, uh, have you guys seen His Girl Friday, either of you? Like, I don't see movies with names of the week in the title unless Ice Cube's in it. Seen it decades ago. Uh, I couldn't tell you the first thing about it. Is that Cary Grant? Yeah, it, it, it's Cary Grant and Rosalind Russell, and she is. This is, oh man, she, this is one of those great performances. She's freaking amazing in this movie, and she has to wear a, a variety of hats. And she uh, at the at the beginning, she's got this weird. I don't know how you would call it, like a herringbone hat. I don't. It, it's it's very tall and it's it's very formal. And then later on, as she's working in the newspaper uh, and and doing writing with all these other reporters who are all wearing hats, of course, she's got her reporter's hat that she wears. And uh, I just love the way Rosalind Russell uh, acts with this hat. Uh, she she just she has such great business with it. But in this particular moment, she's called Cary Grant's character, who's Walter Burns. And uh, her name's Hildy, by the way, which the only reason I bring that up is because in Django, there's another character that they refer to as Hildy, and all of a sudden I thought that was interesting. Anyway, um, so Rosalind Russell's character is Hildy Johnson, and and um, she's calling in the middle of this reporter room with all these reporters sitting around this table. She's calling Walter Burns basically to say, I'm quitting the newspaper. I'm ripping up the story I wrote for you, and you can forget it. I'm not going to be in the newspaper business anymore. I'm not this independent woman anymore. I'm going off. I'm going to have babies. I'm going to watch them grow. I'm going to look at their teeth grow, and that's it. And she grabs her hat that she's thrown on the table, and she puts it on her head, and she puts on her coat wrong, and she starts asking, where's my hat? Where's my hat? And it's, of course, on her head. And I just love that gag. Uh, but she does a couple of things with hats. She, like, slams it down at this hyperrack at one point. But if I were going to choose one moment, it's where she throws the hat on her head and she's, where's my hat? Where's my hat? But in His Girl Friday, I, I just love a woman 
who can rock a hat. And, uh, and Rosalind Russell deals with hats throughout this movie. And it's just such a great performance that I don't think enough people really give credit as being one of those great, great comic performances. So His Girl Friday, Rosalind Russell. Thing is, what's the second movie that Rosalind Russell was in? Uh, that's the only movie she was ever in. Uh, sadly, it's tragic. Yep. How about that? <laughs> yeah. No, I don't. I don't think I've ever met anyone who could name another movie that she's in. Uh, poor woman. Uh, Dingus, does it work as well as uh, Diane Keaton's hat in, in Annie Hall? Ah, oh, well done. You must uh, love very, that. It works much better because. Um, well, of course it does. Again. It's a hideous hat. The Annie Hall hat is hideous. No, it's cute. Oh, my God. Oh, it's hat. hideous. It's the worst of the 70s. Come back to haunt us. Oh, it looks, it's so it's adorable. How dare you? It's adorable. But worst the use of a hat, a vest, and a tie. Is that She's constantly working with the hat. I mean, she takes it off. She puts it on. She's holding it. She's playing with it. Yeah, and it's not just it's just not actor. It's not actorly stuff. I mean, it's really this this part of her clothing. But it's I just love that, and that's one of the things I'm really surprised at you, Tom, that you didn't pick. Uh, I thought you were going to pick something. Well, yeah. I think things that I, these are the only three. You thought you were going to pick something. These are three movies that actually made me wear a hat. I can't oh, think of okay, any other. Okay. There's okay. no other movie. I mean, I've got a plenty, a bunch of runners up to talk about. But uh, these are these are the only three times where I, Tom Chick, have worn a hat on my head. You know, you guys make fun of me because I don't like like when we do the list personally, which is fine. But this time I was like, I'm going to show those guys, and I'm going to make this list all about me. And I even had that voice when I said it to myself too. <laughs> That's how really Oda made me want to to wear your own skull. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I hate Diane Keaton's '70s hat. Um, uh, that that's certainly a runner-up. That's like a famous hat, isn't it? Uh, oh, I think so. I mean, should I do the um, the listener submissions, or should we start talking oh, yeah, about? Yeah, our- yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. What do we got? What do, what did uh, people write in? I can't imagine uh, anybody cares about movie hats beyond. I, here's the, here's my prediction, Dingus. Every single person who wrote in included Raiders of the Lost Ark. All right, we we have uh, one, two, three, four. We uh, we've got five people. Okay, here. all of them. Here's my. I'm guessing all of them mentioned Raiders of the Lost Ark. All right, Clifford Cipher mm-hmm. or Cipher. I'm not sure how to say this. Hey, I'm not sure if I'm on time for this week's. Yeah, you are. You're fine. Don't worry about it. Uh, number three, drugstore cowboy Bob Matt Dillon explains various hexes, including the worst hex of all, leaving a hat on the bed. Like <laughs> Christian, I'm not a hat guy, but if I was, you can bet I would never leave a hat on a bed after watching Drugstore Cowboy. Uh, number two, the good, the bad, and the weird. Uh, Park Dewan shoots the pom pom off Yu Te Gao's hat as he runs away from the train in the opening sequence. You can tell about you can tell a lot about a man by the hat he wears, and Tegu's hat is weird. Another thing that I love about this opening sequence is that the MacGuffin is literally in a package on the baggage rack of a train. Do you guys have you guys seen this movie? No, but bad? the director of that movie has something coming out next week that we almost were going to see. Have you guys I, seen it? I, I have not, but uh, but I did. I did just. I know that title because it is something that we almost were going to see. All right. So say the director's name again, Dingus. Did did Clifford mention that? Um. No. I just like hearing you try to say Korean. I thought he said that. That's fun. That's a lot of fun. <laughs> but yeah, so he's the guy that uh, once again we have a, a, a director from another country coming over doing a Hollywood movie, and I'm a little scared for how it's going to turn out. But yeah, so uh, the guy who did The Good, The Bad, and The Weird is doing uh, The Last Stand, which comes out next week. 
All right, what's Clifford's number one pick? I'm guessing Raiders of the Lost Ark. Uh, you would be close, but uh, that would be Miller's Crossing. There's nothing more foolish than a man chasing his hat. Thank you, Clifford. Did uh, you collaborate with Clifford Dingus? Yes, uh, we we got together. We talked about it. Uh, Clifford's uh, Clifford's a big friend of mine, so we talked about Miller's Crossing. Oh, I just you guys you, you sabotaged my. Uh, oh, well, wait, wait. We don't know for sure. So, does he mention after his three picks, Raiders of the Lost Ark? Maybe he does not. Uh, he does mention that his name is pronounced Cypher, and he's right bug on the forums. So Miller's Crossing, there's nothing more foolish than a man chasing his hat. Tom is constantly, not you, Tom, uh, losing his hat in this movie. But if I had to pick a single hat moment, it would be the opening shot of Tom's hat blowing through the woods. That or the thug, the thug tossing Tom's hat up. That's the Dane! Uh. But he's a thug, too. He's also a thug. He's a he Danish thug. thug. But the Dane is more than a thug. All right, never mind. Uh, the thug tossing Tom Pat off into the woods as he's ready to kill him. Jesus, Tom. I know, Jesus. All right, so that was uh, Clifford Cipher. Okay, real quick, I have a new prediction. Of the people who wrote, wrote in, 80% of them <laughs> will mention Raiders of the Lost Ark. That's my Wait, new prediction. What? <laughs> of right, the people next. left or including? Yep. Of the people that wrote in. Okay. 80% of them will mention Raiders of the Lost Ark. Go ahead, Dingus. Next, we have Robert Armitage. Uh, love the podcasts. Thank you, Robert. I appreciate that. Uh, number three, True Grit. Maddie girds herself in her father's too large hat and coat before setting out to bring Tom Chaney to justice. The hat lined with newspaper to make it fit is only one minor show of Maddie's fierce determination. And, by the way, straight out of the book. An adorable touch that I love that they, they followed through with for that. I predict Newt's and Aliens is mentioned by 20% of everyone who wrote in. <laughs> I love that. I forgot that big hat. That's good. It's not a hat. It's a helmet. That doesn't count. Oh, God. Number two, Lord of the Rings Fellowship. If it has to be narrowed to one movie. When you're a tall, pointy wizard visiting a town full of really short people, it's kind of a dick move to wear a tall, pointy hat. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, which character? <laughs> That's Bill the Pony, I think. Burmer. Burmer. It's kind of a dick move to wear a Dick boy. move. <laughs> he probably has, like, platform shoes on, too. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you, Robert. That's wonderful. And number one, a, a clockwork orange, Malcolm McDowell with a giant porcelain statue, strap-on, nose piece, and, of course, a derby, incredibly rich, joyous, and disturbing as hell. P.S. Raiders of the Lost Ark. <laughs> okay, so we've got three left. Would you Tom dropped his pipe. Percentages? I'm very disappointed. That the, okay, here's my, new, here's my new prediction. Here's my new prediction, seriously. 80% of the people who post on the quarter to three thread about... This three by three will either mention or have been thinking about Harrison Ford's hat in Raiders of the Lost Ark. Ten percent of Tom's math is completely wrong. No matter what. <laughs> All right, who's next? Take ninety. No, uh, our next one is Phoebe Harris, and uh, I'm a huge fan of the movie podcast. Here's my top three movies that made me wish I could wear hats. Which I love that that Phoebe Harris put right. this. Because because uh, one of the things, and I hope Tom brings this up in his uh, in his runners up, because uh, there's certain movies that make you want to be able to wear a hat. So number three, uh, let's see, Miller's Crossing. 
I couldn't pick just one hat or one hat scene. Hats are constant, almost running subtext. Best hat-related line. There's nothing more ridiculous than a man running after his hat. So number two, Xanadu. What? Wow. Awesome. <laughs> wait, 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 wait. Which hat? That's a good one. I like this. I like this. <laughs> the sheer number of awesome goofy hats in the Gene Kelly goes shopping for some cool threads musical number made me absolutely wish I could carry off wearing a hat half as well as he does. So Xanadu. Wait a minute. Hold on. Gene Kelly, like the guy from the dancing movies? Yeah. He's in Xanadu? Apparently. Yeah. Isn't that like some 70s thing with Olivia Newton-John? No, it's an 81... 79. He plays uh, uh, Zeus or something. Oh, okay. It's a long story. Oh, you know what? I guess... Okay, I mean, I was assuming that those guys weren't still around, but when I think of it, Fred Astaire was in Towering Inferno. So I guess there's no reason that Gene Kelly wasn't still around. As a dancer or as a fireman? Uh, I think he was. I think he might have even... Like, they didn't have a dance number, but I think he was like an entertainer. I don't remember. He had to stamp on... Because he could step really fast. He could stamp out flames. Well, I'm glad that uh, Gene Kelly was still doing movies in the 80s. That's kind of cool. All right. So Phoebe picked Xanadu. What else does she have? She also has Brazil. So many awesome fashion hats, but the one I always remember is the leopard print shoe... Catherine Helmand wears as a hat in the restaurant. That is awesome. So perfect. I was trying to think of like utterly ridiculous hats, and that does kind of take That's the cake. That's better than all mine. Very nice, Phoebe. Uh, she is, there's also honorable mentions. Annie yes. Hall, classic one. Ha ha. As as an example of a hat that doesn't work. Right. Time Bandits, the boat the giant wears as a hat, uh, and one that doesn't quite fit. Rohirrim helmets. Oh, helmets in the two towers. So keep up the great work, Phoebe Harris. Thank you, Phoebe Harris. Well, at least one of these other two guys is going to mention writers. Okay, go ahead, Dingus. We have two more. All right. uh, Jeff Sweet. Hey there, guys. My number one pick sprang readily to mind. Uh, Oh, yeah. That was uh, one. That's a good one. Um, But the other two were a bit of a struggle is that I'm not entirely satisfied with, so hopefully your expectations will be adequately lowered. Number three, Tom. Raiders of the Lost Ark. Yes. Vindicated. Vindicated. I just want to say vindicated. Vindicated. Here's the quote. You Americans, you're all the same, always overdressing for the wrong occasions. Okay, yeah, this is probably too obvious a choice, but I saw it at just the right point in my childhood for that hat to become ingrained in my mind as cool. So there you go, Tom. So far, you've got 80%. Wait, did you pick three, or he just picked... Oh, okay, go ahead, sorry. No, 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 I'm just playing with you. So number three is Raiders of the Lost Ark. Number two is Dark City. There used to be a fairy when I was a boy. Biggest thing you ever saw lit up like a floating birthday cake. Maybe I'm just a sucker for the film noir aesthetic, but this film has some fantastic hats in particular. I love the ones worn by the eerie strangers. Yeah. And I, does, does dark, wait, real quick. Does Dark City hold up, Kelly Wan? Should I see that again? Uh, it's better than Donnie Darko. Is that Alex Proyas? Is that who did Darko? Yeah, it's definitely Alex Proyas. Dingus, do you think it holds up? I don't think it's better than Donnie Darko. Um, I'm anti-Donnie Darko, though. But the the thing about Dark City is, as much as I liked it, I cannot get over what the hell Kiefer Sutherland is doing with his voice. He's just trying to breathe, Dingus. He's just just like, I'm going to talk like this, and then I'm going to do that. That's how K-Pax talks. So... (laughs) I rest my case. 
Uh, all right, so uh, Jeff has Raiders, Dark City. Go ahead, Dingus. Sorry. And, and uh, Jeff's number one. I love this one. I'm just going to give you guys the quote first. They are all your hat, Mr. Angier. Uh, it's got to be like Amelie or something that Dingus loves. Uh, no, uh, this is The Prestige. Oh, oh my God! Oh, that's in my runners-up. I just didn't get the line. I called. I called shenanigans. I totally knew what that was, and I like this pick. And it, that that it's, I just got undone by that that line reading. This, I blame this is a this is a what? Yeah, it's it's my line reading, but this is a wonderful pick. Um, so thank you, Jeff Sweet. This is this is what he says. This is one of my favorite, my single favorite movie-going experiences, and had me captivated from the captivated from the first shot. <laughs> the camera, get it? Has. Happy decapitated from the first shot. The camera slowly panning across many black top hats scattered on the forest floor. A voice asks us. Are you watching closely? And the screen cuts to black. The scene is revisited later, and that opening shot is still what sticks with me. Hey, do you guys remember Christopher Nolan before Dark Knight Rises? Oh, yeah. Oh, that guy. <laughs> I gave that movie 10 gallons. Uh, <laughs> that's right. Anyway. Uh... Oh, hat. Hat. Okay, I got that. As always, love the podcast. I've got my fingers crossed for an Amour episode, Jeff. All right, huh? good. Oh. Michael Haneke, Kelly Wand. Oh! Uh, it's, you, you can just translate the title and just call it love. Does Bane's face mask count as a hat? Depends on where he wears it. Oh! <laughs> All right, Diggis, one more chance for someone else to mention Raiders and for... 50% of my revised podcast to be correct. How suspenseful. More math from Tom. <laughs> All right. This is from somebody who calls herself Fire. <laughs> this is from Fire. Uh, dear QT3 3x3 committee, I submit for your perusal the best and most wearable three hats ever seen on film. Mm. So this seems to... to Kind of go along with what Tom is talking about, with things you would want to buy and wear. So these are the best and most wearable. I would totally wear all these hats, but not at the same time. Uh, so number three, Casablanca, Ricky's hat. Wait, Ricky? <laughs> this is Rick. Ricky's mm -hmm. not a... Oh, 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 okay. Yeah, they do call him Bogey, so that's kind of <laughs> Ricky Bogey. Uh, number two, Casablanca, uh, Ilsa's hat. Uh, same hat, isn't it? Isn't that what they had in common? Uh, she actually doesn't. Everyone have the same hat of that movie. Oh, I see. Okay, uh, she's put. Uh, oh, that's uh, yeah. She's put pictures here, so I'll I'll put those up. Rick's hat. Is, describe them for us. Uh, Rick's hat is really cool. Elsa's hat is very. Nice. Do you remember? This is why podcasts are good. You can do you remember Ingmar Bergman? The way her hat just kind of uh, curves over her head. It's just a beautiful hat. You know, when I think of Ingmar Bergman, I honestly cannot think of anything beyond her face. Ingmar. And it's... it's you just said... Oh, Ingrid. <laughs> shut up, shut Ingmar up. Ingmar Bergman's hat. <laughs> no, Diggis screwed it up, not me, for one. No, that's right, I did. Yes. Um, right. She's just such an amazing presence that I can't... I, like, I couldn't even tell you what kind of body she has. Like, I have no idea if she's, like, curvy. I don't care. She's just so incredibly beautiful. Hat. I just can't... I just get gobstopped by her face. Gobsmacked by her face. Tom does. Uh, you got gobstopped by Ingmar Bergman's face. <laughs> uh, but uh, the, the way her hat, and when you see this image, uh, which I'll go ahead and throw up there, it's just got this great curvature. And anyway, so, so I want to guess is her, her number one pick then uh, Claude Rains hat from Casablanca? <laughs> it is indeed. Or not. from Gangster Squad. It actually, and this, 
I didn't remember this. This is the Purple Rose of Cairo, and it's Sicilian. Oh, yeah, yeah. And what? it's a great little hat. I love this little yeah. hat. Yeah. Is it Jeff Daniels Safari hat? That thing? No, no, no. Uh, and the and the picture she put she uh, she emailed us has him looking at her in his safari hat, but it's got her uh, little hat that just fits down over her head so beautifully. So uh, no, those are those are very cute. I like that. By yeah, the way, I just want to say I bet Kelly Wand would rock a safari hat. I was just thinking about it. Yeah, give that a shot, Kelly Wand. I'm I think th- you should yeah. try. It. Show up to work sometime this week wearing a safari hat. Okay. I would love that. Kelly Wan in a safari hat, you in your little strange brew hat, Tom. <laughs> and I don't know what I would wear. Dingus, you are going to be wearing uh, Annie Hall's hat, uh, Dan Keaton's hat from Annie Hall, as Absolutely. well as the vest and the tie. I want you. The to- lions can't chew through those. That's why they wear those special hats. Uh, those were great picks. Very very nice. And uh, I, you. Dingus, you get part of the credit for that, uh, yeah. for having a good time. Kelly, nothing. Thank you, uh, Clifford, Robert, Phoebe, Jeff, and uh, Fire. Uh, although none of them came close to Kelly Wan's pick of Ray Liotta's uh, pate. <laughs> uh, so Wait, runners so up. What percentage uh, did you win your whatever? Yes, I did. Uh, oh, 20, good work. 20% <laughs> of my second prediction came true. Wow, you are like Nostradamus. Uh, so I, I did want to mention a couple things. Um I, I don't know sports very much, but even I understood the hat exchange between Tom Cruise and the kid playing his son in the beginning of War of the Worlds, where they have some sort of a baseball team rivalry about... Red I don't know, Sox, Yankees, you fucking... I don't know what you're saying, but something like that. They put on different kinds of hats from different He's sports wearing sports. that hat in the new uh, in the trailer for that new movie, the science fiction movie. He's wearing like a Yankees hat still, so it's like the same character kind of thing in War of the Worlds. Uh, I had to look up what kind of hat uh, Gene Hackman wears in French Connection, and it is, that is a verified pork pie hat. Oh, yeah, yeah, Popeye Doyle's thing. And his one in uh, Crimson Tide's good, isn't it? That red one, that cap, all beat up one. No? Is it like a baseball cap, like a quint hat, as I like to call them? Uh, What runners-up do you guys have? Stormtrooper helmet bumping into it. Not a hat. Not a hat. Sorry. Uh, oh. Darth Vader's hat's kind of Not cool. a hat. Not a hat. Oh, oh. Rick Moranis and Spaceballs? Not a hat. Oh. Dingus, uh, what do you uh, have? Uh, the the movie that I would choose as uh, the movie where where I remember going to see it and leaving it and, and both of us, you, uh, you and me, Tom, saying, boy, I wish I smoked and I wish I wore a hat. Uh, would be um, the man who wasn't there. Yep. Awesome noirish hats and yeah. You know, you know. And then any, I mean, I, I guess I could just talk about noir all day, but I just like the way Bogey deals with hats in um, in The Big Sleep and but, cigarettes. Yeah. Um, I uh, I really like, and not in an ironic way, and I think maybe the Coen Brothers were trying to be ironic, but I I so love Frances McDormand and her Fargo. Uh, police woman, uh, floppy-eared hat. I love that hat. I love that hat on her. What about the hat in Butch Cassidy where it's like that guy, he's like, oh, he's wearing the hat. Remember? I do not. I'm assuming it's a cowboy hat, right? No, no, the posse, what's the guy in the posse? He's like, oh, John LaFarge wears that Panama hat. So if we see the hat, we know we're fucked. We have to jump off a cliff because we see a hat. 
like the cliff makes him jump I off. I did not remember that. That's a good call, Kelly Wand. You should replace your number three with that one. <laughs> Kelly Wand, what quintessential American branding is on Kurt Russell's baseball cap in Big Trouble in Little China? It's a quiz for you. Uh, Doritos? <laughs> uh, during parts, he doesn't wear a hat in most of it. Because tricord shaped. He doesn't wear a hat in most of it, but there are, part, there are parts of Big Trouble in Little China where uh, Jack Burton has on a Harley Davidson cap. Oh, he has a cool hat in the thing too. What is it? It's like a winter. The eye patch is like, in Escape from New York is like uh, uh, not a hat, not a hat. Oh, oh, oh. the one in uh, the thing is uh, cowboyish, right? Oh, you're right. He does, but it's more like a almost like a, a Mexican cowboy hat, yeah. like complete with a string hanging down. That's a good. You're absolutely right. It's a great hat. Yeah. Oh, I want to change. Well, no, I never wore one of those, so I can't change my answer. But I, I do love that one. Well, it also he's not wearing it by the end of the movie, which bums me out a little. Well, they got unlike Indiana Jones, he's got better things to do than keep up with his hat in that movie. Beverly Jones keeps his hat though, like he risks his arm to, to get the hat in Temple of Doom. Although we know he's going to get the hat because it's in Raiders. Oh. How does he keep the hat on when he rides the submarine? Uh, periscope. It's like the same size periscope. <laughs> uh, I can think of two moments I love involving Casey Affleck and hats. Um, <laughs> and, and oh, of, that's great. That's a great. So one of them is he gets, I think he even gets called out by um, uh, Sam Shepard for wearing yes. a really shabby hat in the first. And it is. I love how shabby his hat is in Assassination of Jesse James. Um, but then another awesome Casey Affleck hat moment is when Jessica Alva knocks his cowboy hat off in Killer Inside Me. Uh, I just I love that moment. Uh, it, it's preceded by some uh, a, a very uncomfortable, weird sex scene. Um, but it does involve somebody. It does involve uh, how you just you don't knock hats off cowboy hats off people in Texas. Not all of it's uncomfortable. Well, depends on what you're into, Kelly Wand. Uh, her. <laughs> but I love that shabby hat that Sam Shepard makes fun of. And does he even say the line shabby hat? For some reason, I think he does. He either calls him out for his shabby hat and coat or shabby coat and hat. Or I do think just the word shabby hat, I love that. Doesn't Goldblum have a cool hat and Buckaroo Banzai? And he goes, who's making fun of me? Here's one. Here's one. There's even a, a Brian Singer's production company is named after this. Uh, in Jaws, Harry's bad hat. <laughs> That's one bad I hat, Harry. I had to explain that to my kid this week because we watched uh, Jaws. No, <laughs> wait. I want to hear about. <laughs> we watched. We've been watching the X Men movies this week, oh. and and it's his production company, Bad Hat Harry, and and I just thumbnailed it from you know. <laughs> but I can't let I can't let a moment like that go by. Right, In Avengers. Jennifer Lawrence's hat. Good point. Her her yeah her hair hat. Um, my favorite cap. Uh, my favorite baseball cap moment, because uh, Tom brought up Quince, uh, is in Stand By Me, when um, when Gordy's remembering his brother, who was played by John Cusack, actually, putting his hat on him and, go, and saying, I think it's a Yankees cap, and saying, if you wear this hat, you're gonna catch, we're going to catch, you know how, to make, how many fish we're going to catch? We're going to catch a bazillion fish. And I just love that that moment with his brother where he puts a cap on him. And, of course, you know, his brother does not come to a good end later in the movie, but I love that moment with a baseball cap. I should probably see that at some point. There's a lot of major plot points involving hats and Bad News Bears. 
which Tom will never see. Cause well, they all awesome. wear hats. They have to. No, I mean, no, every, no. every plot point, everything. If they're a baseball team, that's baseball teams wear baseball hats. So naturally, what do you want about Kelly Wand? No, but they put ketchup inside uh, Lupus's hat, and so that makes Tanner Boyle stand up to, for him. Kelly Wand is never Lupus. Oh. Uh, <laughs> I did notice, so uh, let me see. Somebody called out um, Gandalf's hat. Uh, I think was it Robert Armitage said that it was a dick move. Dick move. So, yeah, Gandalf's <laughs> hat. Uh, I, I noticed how awful it looked in The Hobbit. Like it, it was, maybe it was the the high def or the high frame rate thing or, or something. Head shrunk in the head shrunk, but yeah, it looked like some cheap felt thing. Like everything else in the Hobbit. Yeah. So it was a CG one too. Hey, that's boy, that's kind of a dig move too. Is uh, around dwarves. If you're going to go yeah. on an adventure with like thirteen dwarves and one Hobbit, that's even yeah, that's even worse. Like going yeah. Oh crap! Hold on. Uh, I just decided to check the spam, and we have one spam. Thing. Ah, very good. There might be pictures attached. So we have a sixth. This could boost my success rate about my prediction of everyone bringing up Raiders of the Lost Ark. Dingus, who is it from, and, and does this help me? Okay, so it's Paul. Is it Weimer? Weimer. Yes. I think it's Weimer. We, All right, so, so sorry, Paul. I missed. I just decided last second, because of something that happened last week, to check the spam folder. And so Paul's here, too. Hi, guys. Three movies that rock the hat. Easy peasy. Three, Odd Jobs, Deadly Bowler Hat, and Goldfinger. Yep. Hat, as a, hat as a weapon. Number two, the fedoras on the agents in the adjustment bureau. Sorry, See, Tom. Nice try teasing uh, me. So, by the way, those were those fedoras? I don't know. They were fedora-esque. Also, but all, uh, I just want to say, ha-ha, you saw adjustment bureau. Anthony Mackey. Uh, and the spoiler a special ability it gives them. Oh, yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, I forgot that the hats play into the plot. Oh, yeah. Really? And, and uh, the top hat... Daniel Day-Lewis, Bill the Butcher, rocks in Gangs mm. of New York. It yeah, made an already good. tall character and actor seem even taller and more impressive. Best that regards, good, Paul. That is a good one. Oh, P.S. And he wrote, oh, I'm seeing the email here. He wrote, P.S., of course, Raiders of the Lost Ark. <laughs> he does not. He, um, he goes, P.S., that moment in Vampire Hunter when she stands on the hat is totally cool. Dingus, <laughs> wow. You would remember that. <laughs> I don't believe the physics uh, of that are correct. Yeah, that's, How that's, could she stand with a hat? <laughs> Wait, I thought that was Sally Field. You gotta get your <laughs> physics right in your vampire movies. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I had to jump. I, I apologize for uh, shoehorning nope. that in. Very good. Get well, it. Kelly Wand, uh, what 3 by 3 do you have for us no, next week? Don't. Uh, three Stupidest Cops. <laughs> <laughs> and this is... Uh, what, what brought this on, Kelly Wand? Uh, excuse me. Um, I'm going to burn an ace. Not that that... That's my answer to your question, actually. Uh, Paul Walker is off the table. <laughs> well, he's never a stupid cop, so go ahead. Yeah, yeah. Maybe if you play the eligible, yeah. All right, he's back on the table, then. <laughs> that's what brought this up and on. So Just three maybe. three stupidest guys. I see you're trying to endear yourself to the fraternal order of the police or something. What's going on with this one, Kelly Wand? Uh, I just think it's a thing in movies that we haven't done yet. All right. Three <laughs> stupidest cops. Uh, and Kelly Wand, how can folks participate in this 3x3? Three three? Oh, if they write in their three stupidest cops in movie history to 3x3 three three with an X for the word by, but the number threes in alphanumerics at quarter to three dot com wait that's not right yep 
3x3 at Corridor3.com. Send in your three stupidest cops um, from movie history. And you may end up in our spam folder, and we'll find you in the last second. Kelly one, do silent movies count? Mm. As what? As so they are allowed. You are allowing them in this 3x3. Three three. Oh, the keystones? And can you spell cop with a K? Yeah. All right, I, interesting. I can. Because there's more than three, so that right there, I don't... I mean, there's a bunch of those guys. There's... I, Keystone Cop number one, Keystone Cop number two, Keystone Cop number three, and I still have several left over. Right, but you, you'll you have to pick the three stupidest among them. All right. Uh, okay, so we will do that. And uh, Kelly Wan, what movie will we be seeing next week? Uh, we'll be seeing Broken City, starring Mark Wahlberg and uh, Tim Roth as <laughs> Thrade. Is Tim Roth really... No, he's not, because I've watched the trailers for that. It's totally not Tim Roth. Uh, um, Kevin Smith. It's the singer Russell Crowe in, in Broken City with Mark, with Mark Wahlberg, also a singer and dancer. Oh, uh, yeah. But no, we're not seeing Broken City. God, oh. I could not. I, I just had no desire to sit through that. That's... So here's where I'm going to get in trouble with my whole expectation thing about January. Dingus, you know, you brought up, hey, The Grey came out in January, and both you and I loved The Grey. Um, so I, I, I'm, I'm kind of thinking, okay, this could be maybe, and I don't really have any reason to think this, this could be this year's The Grey. There's a horror movie called Mama that I know next to nothing about, but that it's based on a really, really cool short that uh, a Spanish director whose name I don't know, I apologize, uh, he put it online and Guillermo del Toro saw it and was like, hey, this is really cool, let's flesh this out into a, a feature-length horror movie. So they have Jessica Chastain is in it. They got oh. the guy who did the short to direct it. So there's a horror movie out next week called Mama. We will be seeing that and discussing it here. Kelly Wand will also let us know how good Broken City was. Uh, wait, I thought this was the Martin Lawrence movie. Um, I don't know what you're referencing. This is the prequel to Big Mama. Uh, <laughs> it's before... Uh, it's like the actual... When like his grandma was alive right so uh join us for that next week i am uh, tom chick i have been here with christian malarkey it's christian Moroski and kelly wand the hat and poltergeist too the preacher war maybe made, made me want to get rained on while walking up to a store fine you can borrow my umbrella the 30s really was I don't know Emma Stone sang her own lyrics I think I'll go bend my elbow while you guys go bend your ears